I'm Emma Gray, and welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like romantic teen melodramas that remind us of the good old days of the WB. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. Today, I'm here to dive into season two of The Summer I Turned Pretty, the prime show based on Jenny Han's trilogy of novels. Billy, you were my best friend. We hooked up, and then you hooked up with my brother, and then everyone expected me to act like I was fine, and I wasn't. I'm sorry. I was so focused on being there for Conrad, and I should have been there for you, too. Jer, the house has been put up for sale. What do you mean the house is for sale? What is she doing here? I thought that when we lost Susanna, we lost the magic of cousins forever. But maybe there's still a way I can bring it back. When I used to picture forever, it was always with the same boy. The future is unclear. But it's still mine. To dig into the Belly, Conrad, Jeremiah love triangle with me is author and screenwriter Allison Greenberg. Her new book, Maybe Once, Maybe Twice, is available for pre-order now. Allison, thank you for joining me. I so appreciate it. Emma, thank you for having me. Oh my god, there's so much to talk about with this show. I have such a love-hate relationship with it. My opinion on it changes every day. I've now watched it all the way through a couple times. and. I keep I keep feeling different things every time. Before we get into this season, I just wanted to provide a little bit of setup for anyone that has not rewatched season one or hasn't watched it at all. So The Summer I Turned Pretty centers on 16-year-old Isabel Belly Conklin, played by Lola Tung. Every summer, Belly, along with her brother Stephen, played by Sean Kaufman, and her mom Laurel, played by Jackie Chung, Head out to Laurel's best friend, Susanna Fisher, played by Rachel Blanchard, her family's house on Cousins Beach, which is somewhere in Massachusetts. (laughs) Susanna has two sons, the moody, broody, complicated Conrad, played by Christopher Briney, and the sweet, supportive, even-keeled Jeremiah, played by Gavin Casalino. Belly has always had a massive crush on Conrad since she was like a little kid. And in season one, Belly, as the title of the show and the book implies, turns pretty. And both Jeremiah and Conrad begin to take notice. She kisses both Jeremiah and Conrad. We also learn in season one that Susanna, who survived a bout of cancer years before the show began, has cancer again and has chosen to forgo treatment at the end of the season this all comes out and she ultimately agrees to an experimental trial and we end on on a bit of a cliffhanger as to what comes next season two picks up less than a year after season one and we learn very quickly that directly following the events of last season Susanna did do this trial treatment Conrad and Belly did get together And Jeremiah was deeply hurt as a result. But by the time the current timeline of season two begins, everything has changed. We get a lot of flashbacks to sort of fill in the gap. And then we're in the the current timeline. Susanna has died a month before season two begins. Conrad and Belly are no longer together. 
and she is barely on speaking terms with Conrad or Jeremiah, and Stephen, as a result, has also been kind of cut from Connie and Jeremiah's lives. Belly and Stephen's mom, Laurel, is in a deep depression over her best friend's death and has been somewhat absent emotionally and physically because she's been pouring all of her energy into Susanna's care and then mourning her friend. Basically, everyone is just like a big fucking mess. Just like, come here to cry. Come here to listen to Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, and just cry for three full episodes. That's sort of what I feel about the beginning and end. Also cry at the end. So the season's main inciting event is that Belly gets a call from Jeremiah, who again, she has not spoken to really in months, saying that Conrad has gone MIA. He's looking for him. Belly's like, no, I have, I have not spoken to Conrad either. But she insists on joining Jeremiah on a search mission. They meet at Brown University, where Conrad is going to college. And then they ultimately discover that Conrad has gone to the beach house. So they drive to Cousins to join him. Stephen joins them a few days later. And they quickly discover that the house has been put up for sale by Susanna's half-sister, Julia, played by Kira Sedgwick. The kids try to band together to save the house. And Belly, of course, finds herself back in the middle of a love triangle with Jeremiah and Conrad. Okay, I think we can dive into the meat of the season now. That was an amazing recap. (laughs) I did it. I did it. I did the recap. My first question before we dive into what happens in season two is, are teenagers actually watching this show? Or is this really a show for us elder millennials who loved Dawson's Creek and Felicity? (laughs) I think both. I I said this to you, and it's one of the reasons I love the show is it feels like one of the only things on air that could have actually been on the WB. Like it could have followed Dawson's Creek. It could have followed Buffy. I just feel like this show has, you know, it's very music heavy. It's very broody. It's very angsty. It's got a hardcore, some might say too aggressive of a love triangle. It feels like it was made for us, but it was also made for 14 year olds, 16 year olds, I think. My 11 year old son is watching it. My, don't judge me, but my almost nine year old daughter is also watching it no judgment here i'm actually very curious what your kids think of it are they into it they're into it they're into it my son has read the books so he has a different perspective but he's like always been team jeremiah which is very interesting to me and my daughter's just like oh cute boys and i like belly and i'm like you might be the only person that likes belly zoe that's that's so nice of you to get for that because i think this is the season i fell out of love with the lead character of a show which is a whole nother thing to talk about but it's sometimes it's hard to watch when you don't love the main character or support her decisions that she is making belly's going through it this season i watched this show most of it in quick succession months before it came out because i got the screeners and i think i watched it too quickly and i just found myself graded by the season. I was like, I don't think I like this anymore. I had my issues with season one and the entire setup. Claire and I have talked about how we feel like there is this like fundamental closed offness and sadness of this very constrictive love triangle that's between two brothers. Like when you think about it too hard, there's a bit of an ick factor. And I found myself just annoyed watching it. And then I gave it some room to breathe. I started watching it again when it began airing and I I was on the phone with you, Allison, and you really reframed it for me when you put it in WB terms. 
And I think that understanding the show like that allowed me to give it some space and enjoy it a little more. And I think when I talked to you, I had watched the first three and you were like, I have this love hate. And I'm like, oh no, I love, because I love, I actually really loved the first three episodes. It like broke my heart. It was beautiful. And I think as the show went on, it became harder for me to accept Bally's decisions. And then I had to remind myself like, this is a teenager. You know, this is not a fully formed adult. Like she's allowed to make mistakes. She's allowed to be selfish. These boys are allowed to be boys. You know, I think that it was, I was like, okay, I'm reminding myself these are teenagers. They're all a bunch of teens and they're all messy as fuck. And I think that that is both the saving grace of the show and the thing that, that makes me feel nervous about where it's going and yes. and we'll get to that later but like I think these big emotions suspended in teenagehood and doing something messy like being with two brothers who are basically your cousins <laughs> that that makes sense in teenage world when you take it further into adult world and you make pronouncements about where these relationships land longer term in their lives I think that the specter of that is what has made me feel like the show is a bit of a bummer. I'm going to put that on a pin in that because I want to discuss that when we get to like what what we want from season three. But like that is sort of the lens with which I've been watching this show. And I think that is why I don't know how to feel about it exactly. So let's let's first dive into the new characters that we get this season, which are Aunt Julia and Aunt Julia's child, Skye, another Fisher cousin. It, it just Kira Sedgwick and Elsie Fisher great gets in terms of casting just but unnecessary cat like unnecessary casting I just I love Kira Sedgwick's character I think Sky was fine I just I, I don't think either of those two furthered our main characters emotional pinpoints of who they are I feel like they came in as this very plot driven moment and once the plot was done, I don't know if they are leaving or if they'll come back. I loved Kira Sedgwick, though, because I needed to see another adult there. I think that's this season was missing the adults. And last season, at least for me, and I think for you as well, like, gosh, yes. watching Laurel and her relationship, you know, watching her flourish after divorce, watching her best, this adult best friendship flourish on screen that felt so real and so beautiful. To me, I've just missed it this season. And it made the kids' decisions seem so chaotic because there was no adults present you just listened to a free preview of this week's rich text podcast if you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire rich text back catalog you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com if not you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clareandemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. <laughs>